I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Argentine and the Scot, to the Mexican and the Venezuelan, to the Minnesotan and even to the Kansan. Church, I am thankful that you are not ashamed of the gospel of God. Through your prayers and your financial support, you are helping to share it throughout the world. Today is Mission Sunday, and most of you know that our regular budget does not include money for missions. Instead, twice a year, we ask you to give and pledge your support toward our two major outreach efforts. In October, we ask you to give to support uh, Know Your Bible, and on the, the last Sunday of every April, we have Mission Sunday, where we, we talk to you about our missionaries and we ask you to pledge your support for them. If you got one of these brochures as you enter the auditorium, you can open it up and look at it. And there's a the summary of each of our different mission works that we support. Um, and inside of it, there's a, a purpose card that we'll talk about later. If you didn't get one of these, you can get one as you exit the auditorium this morning. Why do we send missionaries to all parts of the world? I mean, it's expensive. It's time consuming. It pulls families apart. Uh, poor Chrissy's uh, parents and most of her relatives are in North Carolina and they don't get to see each other very often. Johnson's parents live in Denver and he doesn't get to see them very often. Uh, Alex and Aaron are a little more fortunate. They live in the, in the States and they get to come down every now and then. But it does pull families apart. Why do we do it? Well, I think I can think of three reasons. First of all, we're commanded to do it. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This was not a suggestion. He did not say, hey, guys, if you got nothing else to do, you might think about going out and spreading the good news. He said, go and spread it. Or as Robin pointed out last Sunday, the, the word literally means as you are going, spread the news. Wherever you are, spread the good news. Another reason we do this is because that's what the early church did. Uh, let's read Acts 13, 2 and 3 together. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And if you've read Acts, you know that the Apostle Paul went on three different missionary trips and planted churches wherever he went. So one reason we do this is because that's what the early church did. And we try to follow their example. A third reason we do it is because of people like Tyler. Tyler is a changed person because of you. Alex and Aaron Flood have planted a church in St. Paul, Minnesota. And Alex studied with Tyler over a period of several months. You may have seen pictures of Tyler or read about him in their newsletter. Tyler was baptized two months ago. Now, he has had some very real struggles in his life, but through the power of the Holy Spirit who now lives in him, and through the help of Alex and Aaron and other church members there, Tyler is making great progress. He is attending AA meetings every week. He's been sober for more than two months. He's attending regular Bible studies with different Christians he attends worship weekly. He's reading the Bible on his own. 
Alex said that Tyler's mother called him uh, recently and said, Hey, uh, I just want to tell you that I can see a real difference in Tyler. I can see a difference in his character, in his personality. Um, He's just a changed man. He's becoming like Christ in part because of you and your support for the floods and their work in, in Minnesota. On a typical Mission Sunday, we like to watch video updates from our missionaries telling us about the work that they're doing. But as I've already mentioned, for the first time ever, all of the missionaries that we are the primary supporting church for are here in the flesh today. And we're really blessed for that. So we're going to start with a short video reminding you of the outreach that we're doing here in Wichita. Then we'll talk about some short-term mission trips and mission efforts that we're going to be supporting Then when all that's over, we're going to hear reports from Alex Flood, Jonathan Hannigan, and Robin Vick. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I met the Lord, I know the sign. Northside is shining the light of life throughout our community, nation, and the world. In 2017, nearly half of the congregation pledged to support four local ministries with their time, talents, and donations. Through the Light of Life Challenge, we are showing our community God's love, salvation, and grace is open to all. I got to have this taste of good news because of people that were so willing to go out of their comfort zone. We all realize the importance of being missionaries where we are. If we want our church to be united, every single one of us has to be involved. Every single person has to put in the effort. We want everyone to hear the good news of salvation and gain eternal life. They're just waiting. They're eager because they want to learn. It is this desire that frequently leads members of the body at Northside to seek out mission fields beyond our city through the support of their church family. We bring glory to God together. And and this work and this partnership that, that we do, it's so valuable. Each year, Northside dedicates $5,000 of the mission's budget specifically to support short-term mission trips. This year, those funds will be used to help support Amanda Smith, wife of Cody Smith, as she works with the Contact Church, an inner-city congregation in Tulsa. That money will also go to help send Casey Nash on a summer mission trip to Australia. Hey, y'all. If you don't know me, my name is Casey Nash, and I'm a member of Northside Church of Christ. And this summer, I've been blessed with the opportunity to go to Australia on a mission trip. I'll be there for just a little bit over a month. We're leaving May 4th, and we're coming back June 5th. We're going to be working in the schools, in the neighborhood. There's a church there, our leader, Kent Hartman. Some of you may know him. Um, He lived there for 20 years, and so we're going back to continue the work that he started. And so we're going to be landscaping. We're going to be working in the schools, pretty much filling any need we can. A big part of what we're doing is to strengthen the Christians that are already there and to give them a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a jump start, um, and hopefully rejuvenate them and just make them feel a lot more um, comfortable and strengthened. And I just want to thank you guys so much for helping make this trip possible and for always supporting me and always loving me. I love you guys so much. Thank you. We also are excited about the ongoing work being done by the full-time mission efforts we support. 
Alex and Aaron Flood, Jonathan Hannigan, and Robin and Chrissy Vick are eager to share exciting updates and news about their ministries from their respective corners of the globe. Let's show and tell them about Jesus. What a great video. Thank you for putting that together for us. Normally, the missionaries have to put together their own video. And uh, when I heard that there was going to be a combination of videos, I was really excited about that. Um, not just because that was less work for me, but uh, also because I like the idea of presenting all of our mission work as a unified effort. I like the uh, idea of knowing that even though we're in all parts of the world, we are still one body working towards a common goal through a common love. Thank you, Mark, for sharing about Tyler and the change that has been happening in his life. And that's what I wanted to spend my time talking with you briefly about, is the change that is occurring within the lives of the people we study with, the people that go to our congregation, the people we've been blessed to uh, be able to baptize. And uh, first, I just mention a few things about our first uh, member. Her name is Zane. She's from Africa. And... One of the amazing things is that all the women, including Zane, Aaron, and six other people, they came down here just last week for the Women Walking with God conference. And just from coming back from the conference, there's been a lot of encouraging news that I've heard about everyone who went to that trip. And we can see recently just a huge shift in Zane's spiritual focus, in her parenting, and her desire and efforts to... Uh, be a godly mother and to raise a godly daughter. And we're proud of her. We're proud of the progress that she's made. We're proud that we can see wisdom in her to make better choices than she was making before in her past. I think about a member named Larry and how Larry was really uh, quite a shy, quiet, reserved guy. And I would still say he's uh, more of a reserved man, but it's been a blessing to see how he is becoming more encouraging and more loving and more generous every week as we meet together. I think about our member Andrew. Andrew's also from Africa. And one of the things that I think most impresses me about Andrew is that he is very evangelistic. He's uh, bringing his brother-in-law to church every week. His brother-in-law has been learning a lot from our congregation, has expressed uh, his... Uh, his gratitude for what we're studying and the things that we're, things that we're teaching. Thankful for the change in attitude that I've seen in Andrew with his uh, work ethic. And this is all around uh, persona. He's more humble now. Um, he's more gentle now. And uh, I think about Tyler, like Mark mentioned. And I think about the, the drastic change he's had in such a short amount of time. Uh, the getting sober, the, his baptism, his desire to study and to put the word of God into his heart and mind. The amazing thing about this to me is that I see myself as somebody who just gets them started and I push them in what I think is the right direction. And then when I get to see them take off and grow and do things on their own, that to me is the most rewarding part about being in ministry. To us, it's partially about growing a church, 
we want to increase our, our membership. We want to grow numerically. But it's also about the spiritual growth that we see in each individual member and each individual person that we study with. And it's that transformation process that brings us real joy in what we do. And when I say we, I don't just mean Aaron and I. I mean we as the church, we as Christians. When we derive joy from seeing other people do well in life, when we want them to be better, when we want them to look more like Jesus, when that brings us joy, I think that's when we have our closest fellowship. That's when we make real disciples. And I think that's our strongest evangelistic tool. I was thinking about the different verses that I could quote for you. There's Romans 8 that talks about uh, God working out the good for all those who love him or are called according to his purpose so that they might be uh, conformed to the image of Christ. He goes on to chapter 12 and says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But actually, the verse that's really been sticking with me and in my heart is from 2 Thessalonians. Let me read this for you. 2 Thessalonians, I mean 1 Thessalonians, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul has a prayer, and it's a prayer that uh, I think maybe he's looked over sometimes, and he says in chapter 3, starting in verse 10 of 1 Thessalonians, as we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you, and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. What I hear Paul praying about is that it's the Lord uh, by faith. Through us, who will increase our love for one another, and then that will spill out so that we may abound and increase in love for all people. That will draw people in, and then we can increase our love for one another, and then that will spill out to all people, and that will draw people in, and then we can increase our love for one another. <laughs> I think you see the pattern. My uh, encouragement to you is that when you care about each other. You care about each other's families. You care about how you're doing as parents. You care about how we treat one another. That is evangelistic. And I think it's something you do very well. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. And I thank you for the effort that you put forth in spreading the word to all other people. Thank you. Good morning. A few years ago, I had a realization, a real turning point in my life and in my ministry. I knew a great deal about the church, its organization, and how to share the gospel. I realized, however, that maybe I didn't know Jesus as well as I knew Paul. For over a year, I read, preached, and taught primarily the four gospels. What was my conclusion? I, as a Christian, can live disconnected from the life of Christ. Yes, I can be a part of Christ's body 
and missed out on participating in his ministry. You see, frankly, reading the Gospels makes me uncomfortable. They challenge me. They challenge much of what I've been taught at school and in society. It was as if I would need to sit down and once again begin to imagine what it would look like for me to walk with Jesus in the place where I live. If Jesus were in Buenos Aires in the same radical way that he was in Palestine in the first century, I dare to say that he would not come to my house. He would instead invite me to join him in the house of the tax collectors and sinners, the marginalized, in seeking the lost, in seeking those who hunger and thirst for justice. You see, I realized that Jesus was not a low-key, take-it-easy kind of guy. In the ancient Hebrew tradition, he was truly a prophet. He taught, contrary to popular belief, that it was the poor, not the rich, who have God's greatest blessings, not because of any merit of their own, yet solely on the basis of their need. He taught that the last will be first, that we must become like children to enter God's reign, and that the greatest among us is he or she who serves. Jesus came to turn the world upside down, to bring heaven to earth, to make the God life radically available to us today, to give us access to eternity and our finite bodies with the promise of bodily resurrection and later glorification. Once we know, follow, and walk with Jesus, being with him means being with the poor, the suffering, and the oppressed as John Sobrino calls them, the crucified of the world. God has a special place in his heart for those who suffer, for the poor and the destitute of this world. The first time I read a theologian that wrote that Jesus showed us God's preferential option for the poor, I was jealous, outraged. I exclaimed, well, that's not fair. What about me? It was a telling moment because it revealed just how little I knew who Jesus was and is, and just how much I need to be transformed in order to be more like him. I not only hope to identify with Jesus' love and concern for the poor, but also recognize my own sin and my own poverty. Our small body of believers in Buenos Aires is proclaiming God's gospel of peace and salvation in turbulent times. We live under a corrupt government, in a violent state where not only criminals use violence for their own means, but also those who are sworn to serve and protect the population. We live in a city and in a country where millions of people are exploited and disrespected on a daily basis. We talk about the fact that being a part of God's body, the church, is a radical practice in a society in which money is power and talk is cheap. We study the similarities between the first century church and ours, and we are constantly challenged to live with Jesus at the center of our community. We practice disinterested hospitality with those who can never return the favor. We open our arms to forgive and our pocketbooks to care for those who have wronged us and to those who have taken advantage of us. We open our hearts and homes to alcoholics, Sex addicts, drug addicts, and unwed mothers. We welcome immigrants, those with documents, and those without. Refugees from war-torn countries, near and far. 
We're a divorce, diverse group, ethnically, culturally, linguistically. We're from eight countries. We speak three languages. We don't preach cultural assimilation, but the need for a third culture, not yours, not mine, but the culture of Christ, the very reign of God on earth. We don't aspire to be model citizens of Argentina, but deeply committed citizens of God's kingdom on earth, a force for good and a sign of God's radical love for all creation. The gospel we preach is a scandal to some and foolishness to others. We get discouraged at times. We sin, we fall, but we get back up by the grace of God in order to insist that Jesus Christ is the only solution for this world full of hate, division, and death. I thank God, and I thank you, my dear church family, for your commitment to accompany us and encourage us in this lifelong path to God in which we pray, struggle, and strive together to be more like Jesus and to share him every day. Thank you, and may God continue to bless his people throughout the world. had the chance last week to share in depth about our work in central Scotland, so you'll get just a snippet of that. Don't worry, you're not going to get another 45-minute presentation this morning. Um, But yeah, 2010 was when we spent a few months with you guys before we headed back over to Bonnie, Scotland. Um, And this is where we ended up in central Scotland. Um, And Falkirk is the the city that we we landed in, uh, the the city that we had on our heart to do a church plant, and the city that we were working with a congregation nearby in a town called Stirling to do a plant in Falkirk, right in the hub of central Scotland, right in the middle of everything, uh, close to our two largest cities and one of the fastest growing areas in the country. And so we really saw a lot of potential there. And so when we arrived, um, this was what our team looked like. Uh, this, was, this was us. We had a couple others as well, but this was kind of the later stage of our team. And we talked last week about the transitions in our work and the different changes that we've had as time has gone on. Um, and in this last year and a half, we said goodbye to our teammates as they returned back to the States. But one of the things I really wanted to stress last week is that though we've had those transitions, though we've had those changes, this now is our team. This picture. That's the Falkirk Church of Christ there. Um, And when we left in 2010, this picture would have been blank. It would have been white or black or whatever you want to do for a blank slide. Um, There would have been no family picture there for us. This is our team. This is our brothers and sisters in Christ, our congregation, your brothers and sisters in Christ, the Falkirk Church of Christ. And we can only show this picture because of your partnership with us and your involvement in this work. Um, I want to share a couple of prayer requests and a couple of kind of individual stories because we talked a lot about the ministries and stuff that we were involved last week. Um, this is just a snapshot on two people that are on our hearts. Um, and so with these next slides, I'll share them uh, with you. Uh, this is our brother Ian. Um, Ian was one of my close friends growing up. Uh, we used to run around, play soccer together as you do, uh, get into trouble together as you do when you're a young kid. Um, and I lost track with Ian for a little while. Um, and when we came back to Scotland, Ian had had a really rough time health-wise um, and had lived quite a rough life. And he would, would tell you that uh, flat out. 
Um, and the opportunity that, that, that we had to interact with them started from a small message on Facebook. You never can tell what sort of impact even social media or something can have in a positive or negative way. Uh, but in this way, it was, it was positive. It led to us welcoming a brother into the kingdom. Simple status, blessed, praying, drinking coffee, something like that. And he commented and said, I need your prayers. And so from that, we started talking, we started studying, and over a period of time studying together, uh, I was able to immerse Ian into Christ. This was one of my friends that, that I grew up with. Um, Ian needs your prayers. He's had a lot of health challenges, a lot of difficulties, uh, but yet he still sees himself as blessed. He sees himself as blessed. Even in the, the challenges that he has, he looks at them as opportunities to, to be around people and to share Christ with them, which is an amazing mindset that he has. Um, Ian's had, uh, last year, Ian had a, an amputation uh, below the knee, um, and he's facing further surgery in the next couple of weeks. And we ask your prayers on his behalf for that, so that that will go well and he won't have to have uh, further surgery. But Ian is just, he's a... He's a, a joy for us and a joy for all of those that he's around. So that's our prayer request um, with Ian. The next one is a family that has been absolutely a part of our lives in this last year and a half. And we look at stories, every story that, that is shared with, with all of our missionaries are, are stories of redemption. Our own personal stories are stories of redemption and reconciliation when it comes to our walk with God. Um, this, is, this is Luke and Sam um, and, and their kids. Um, and, and Luke started off with a background in the UK in, in ministry um, and left that after a while for various reasons um, and started working in, in a secular field. Um, and, and a number of things happened in their life personally that led them further and further um, away from God um, and away from a church family to the point where they ended up leaving uh, a church and, and were away for about five years. Um, at some point, something pricked their heart, and it was their, it was their kids, essentially, um, as they were interacting with their kids, and they realized, our, our kids are not knowing the stuff that we knew as, as kids when it comes to God, about, or, or Christ, or um, you know, Christianity, and so they started looking then for ways that they could encourage their kids and bring them back, um, and about a year and a half ago, I sat down and had coffee with Luke and said, where are you at, man? Uh, what's, what's happening? Where, where are we at? You've started coming along and visiting us, but, but where are we at? And he said, hey, I'm here for my wife and I'm here for my kids. I'm not really here yet. I'm not, I'm not connected yet, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm here for them. And we've watched a, a heart change and a life change and a family change and our congregation change um, as, as he has become on fire spiritually. Um, and at that time when we sat and talked, he said, I'm not going to get involved with preaching or teaching or anything, even though I've done that in the past and I'm trained up in it. Um, we're here for five weeks on furlough. This is the first furlough that we've been able to do where we've not had teammates kind of holding the fort for us. That's a huge step for the Falkirk Church of Christ, that we're able to be away for a long period of time and everything is still rolling on with it. Um, and Luke's preaching and teaching. And he's on fire again, um, and he is bringing some serious Bible depth, um, and, it's, and it's been a need for our congregation. It's been fantastic to see, and this family is integral in, in a lot of what we're doing. Redemption looks different in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes it's the lost sheep, the one who's wandered away, and sometimes it's the sheep who didn't even know they were the lost sheep in the first place. It looks a little bit different uh, depending on who we're interacting with. 
But the story of redemption, the need for grace is there for, for, for all of us and all of those people. And I ask that you continue to pray for us as we keep reaching out and as we keep finding those people and as we, as the Falkirk congregation, continue to be salt and light in central Scotland. And we'll keep praying for you as you continue to be salt and light here in Wichita, Kansas and beyond with the areas that, that you're impactful, impacting. Uh, but we're thankful for your partnership in the gospel with us. Thank you. I want to thank all those guys for giving us those good updates. It's uh, such a joy to get to hear them uh, live and in person. For several years, our five-year-old through fourth grade classes have brought donations to help one of our missionaries share God's love. Uh, they started with Mr. Jonathan, and, and the little program was called Coins for Caracas. Then when he moved to Buenos Aires, they had to rename it. I don't remember. Bucks for Buenos Aires or something like that. Um, currently, they're giving to help the Vicks with their work in Scotland. So the giving program is named Kids in Service to Scotland, KISS. Um, and as we do every Mission Sunday, a couple of children are going to be uh, coming from each class to bring their contribution down the front. We need the Vicks, if they would, to come on up to the front, too. We're going to try to talk their whole family to into uh, holding the basket uh, this is the first for us, too, to actually have the recipient here to get the, get the kids' donations. So uh, we're going to ask the children to come on down to the front and bring their donations uh, to the Vicks. And let me just tell you what's going to be going on uh, with what they do. Uh, the Vicks are planning to use the money raised by our children uh, last year and this year to help pay for a holiday Bible school. That's the Scottish version of a BBS. And I'm happy to tell you that this year our children gave $251. So we're going to pose for a little group picture here after they finish putting their sacks in the, the basket there. This is always my favorite part of Mission Sunday. Sonny, we really don't want you in the picture. No, I'm kidding. You can be in the picture. Squeeze in, guys. Squeeze in. Act like you like each other. All right. Okay. Did that look good? Are we good? Okay. Thanks, guys. You can sit down. Next year, uh, I I just want to tell you, the VIX told me the other day, Mark, you know, we've been getting this money for several years. We think it's time to pass that honor on to the floods. Uh, We want our children to understand that you can do mission work in your own home country, too. So the floods have agreed to uh, try to think of a, a project that the children can the children's money can be used for. So uh, starting this next Sunday, all the money that children donate will be will be going uh, to, I don't know, money for Minnesota. I hadn't even thought of. I don't know if that acronym is very good. M- MF. No. OK. Norma and, and the children's teachers will come up with a good acronym, but uh, the children will continue to donate for that. And we appreciate that. Northside has supported the work in Toluca, Mexico for many years. Roberto Zapata directs the Latin American Bible Institute there, which is a branch of the Sunset International Bible Institute. 
In Spanish, the school goes by uh, the name Instituto Latino Americano de Estudios Biblicos. I really need Jonathan to say that because I probably butchered that. And it goes by those initials, in which the name in Spanish is I-L-E-B, uh, pronounced Eleb. Besides the main school in Toluca, there are 15 branch schools in cities throughout Mexico and five more in Venezuela, Peru, and Cuba. There are also dozens of students who participate in the classes taught in Toluca by way of video conference, or a lot of them just study online and and don't uh, uh, watch the video conference live. All total, there are 507 ELEB students uh, right now. Over the 16 years that ELEB has been in operation, there have been about 170 graduates from just the main school in Toluca, and would you believe it, 84% of them are working in some type of ministry throughout Mexico or another country. And of course, hundreds more have graduated from the other branch schools. You may recall that on December 18th of this past year, Roberto was in Wichita with his wife Betty and another couple who helped teach at the school. And they were going to talk to us about the great work they're doing with the school. And Satan caused a power outage that day, and we had to cancel our services. Uh, just enough of a power outage that services were done, and then the power came back. So the missions committee and the elders met with Roberto and Betty and uh, the other couple, and Jared Zapata, his son, was there to translate for us. So two months later, we, uh, we asked Jarrett uh, to come back to Northside to give that presentation, and uh, he's done three years of mission work himself in South Africa with the Adventures and Missions program. And now he is studying at Sunset uh, on a course that is going to take three years. And, you know, just listening to him speak and, and seeing his passion, I think he can really see the influence that missionaries have had on him and his family. He, he said when he was here that they would not be Christians He wouldn't know Christ if it weren't for missionaries. So next, we're going to watch a short video updating us on a mission work that this church has supported for many years. Some said to give it up for dead, cut your losses, and get out of Madagascar. After seven years of government revolution, open hostility, and tribulation of near-biblical proportions, they were proven wrong. From the beautiful island of the Indian Ocean, Madagascar World Voice is alive and well and on the air. This is your new life station. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Broadcasting over the air on KNLS, Anchor Point, Alaska, USA, and now via our transmitter in the beautiful Indian Ocean region. For that first broadcast on Easter Sunday, 2016, there were celebrations at World Christian Headquarters in Franklin, Tennessee, Alaska, and the transmitter site of the new station in Madagascar. We are broadcasting now. God has answered the prayers of thousands of you who have prayed for this ministry. Madagascar World Voice is now on the air. This means a strong signal now covers about twice the land area that was covered by KNLS, our Alaska facility. 
We now have the ability to cover much of what's known as the 1040 region, that area of the world between 10 degrees south latitude and 40 degrees north. It's an area that badly needs to hear the gospel message of faith, hope, and love, a message that can bring light to people who daily face the circumstantial darkness of the here and now and the spiritual darkness of life without a Savior. We have the ability to reach everyone with a standard shortwave receiver. The world has three billion shortwave receivers. One billion are turned on at any given time. And each receiver has an average of three people listening. We can introduce the gospel to an astonishing number of people who know very little or nothing about Jesus Christ. The dream of a second radio station to send a strong signal to another huge part of the world came true in 2016. We need your continued support to give meaning to the many sacrifices that have been made to put and keep both stations beaming the music and news of our time, and most importantly, the message of all time. If you have one of the missions brochures that we handed out at the door, you already know that our giving goal for the next 12 months is $166,390. That is the number we need, that's the amount we need to be able to to keep the commitments that we have already made to our missionaries and to the mission works that we support around the world. Inside the missions brochure, you will find a purpose card that looks like this. Please fill it out and drop it in the collection plate next Sunday morning. You can give the entire amount of your offering all at once if you want to, or you can spread it out by giving some every week or maybe making uh, monthly gifts. If you want to give all of your missions offering at once, we would request that you please write a separate check just for missions, as in this example here, and, and write Mission Sunday on the memo line. If you prefer to spread out your missions offering, please write just one check each time you contribute and tell us how much, uh, tell us on the memo line how much of that total should go to missions, how much to know your Bible, and then the rest we'll assume uh, will go to the regular budget. So next Sunday, we will pass the collection place just one time, and we would ask you to put your checks in and your purpose cards into the offering plate. If you would like to give online using the Church Life app on your smartphone, just press the menu key in the upper left corner of the app and then select Give. On the next screen, you can type in the amount that you want to give, select Missions Fund to direct the giving to. Uh, yes, that's uh, my attempt at humor, sorry. And then, uh, then indicate whether you want this to be a one-time or a recurring offering. You can also set up online giving by going to the Northside website and selecting online giving from the members menu. On the next screen, you can type in the amount you want to give uh, and then specify the missions fund. Okay, that's enough about the how-to. 
Now, one of our elders, Clayton McCullough, would like to talk to you a little bit more about the why. Good morning. This morning, the elders, uh, first of all, we want to thank Mark and the Mott team for the work that they do uh, with our mission and also our missionaries. Uh, Alex and Robin and Jonathan, uh, we thank you for the work that you're doing. This morning, we as the elders come before you, the church, to challenge you. Uh, Mark has given you the budget that is set out to carry on the mission work that we're doing right now. But we see a vision, a vision of adding another missionary. And to do that, it's going to take more than what the budget is set at currently. This week, I would like for each of you as families to go home and and pray about joining in this vision and how you can help. We have a lot of good things going on at Northside. But you know, we've been kind of stuck in kind of a plateau for the last several years on what our mission giving has been. We've kind of gotten complacent. And I want to challenge each and every one of you that God God is saying, test me. Test me and I'll open the floodgates. And as you go this week, pray about it and look at what you can do and how we can be even more effective in our mission work. And may God bless us in everything that we do. I just want to take a minute and thank our missions uh, PR team, our missions video team, for making the most recent video that you saw, or sorry, the very first one that you saw, uh, the introductory video. And uh, uh, I think there's another, is there another video? Let's see what comes up here next. Your support and encouragement means so much to the success of these mission efforts and to the souls they are seeking and saving. Be sure to stay up to date with each missionary's needs and prayer requests through their newsletters and our new prayer magnets. Thank you for prayerfully considering how you can make Northside Missions a part of your mission. That's what I was trying to thank you, uh, the team, for making, and I hadn't actually showed it to you yet. So thank you, team. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, we got to see Murray blow a kiss, and he's here today uh, in, the, in our Missions Minute video that they made a few weeks ago. We got to see uh, the, the Floods kids uh, blow a kiss, or uh, who, I think it was Shep that blew the kiss. Anyway, too cute. And Casey even blew you a kiss this morning if you were noticing real Carefully. All right. So thank you to them. I hope that hearing from your missionaries today and your your elders has helped remind you of how important you are in spreading the gospel throughout the world. The, the truth is you make a difference because of you. There are new congregations of the Lord's church in three different corners of the world in Falkirk, Scotland. I think that's there we go in Buenos Aires, Argentina and 
I went right past that, and in St. Paul, Minnesota. And because of you, these people have heard and obeyed the gospel. Ian Scott, who, who Robin talked about just earlier. Uh, Zane, Andrew, Tyler, Adam. Whoops, that's not Adam. That's Larry. Where did Adam go? Adam was in there somewhere. Um, Gustavo, Nemer, Jose Manuel, otherwise known as Chema, uh, Natalie, Stephanie, Alejandro, Maria, Gabriel, Barbarita, Riosuke, Oliver, Aaron, Leandro, Danny, and Jay, and many others. You need to know that you make a difference. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Do you believe? If you believe, but you've never been immersed for the forgiveness of your sins, then today is the day of salvation. Or if there's any other way that we can help you this morning, we encourage you to come forward while we stand and sing the invitation song.